0: welcome to the Live Abundantly podcast with Jacqueline Hayes. Thanks for tuning in. On this podcast, we're going to give our tips and tricks on how we can be encouraging, talk about parenting, talk about life and chasing those goals that we have, those dreams and doing all of it with abundance. So as my children would say, let's do this. today's episode of the Live Abundantly podcast, we have Samantha Day with us. She is a behavior and sleep consultant and I loved her tips. So if you are a mom or you are expecting or you already went through all the kids stuff, you want to tune in to see how you can have awesome and rested nights with your kiddos. It is possible. I can tell you that. And Samantha is the best. So without further ado, here we go. One of my favorite tools that I use for my business is Dubsado. It allows me to manage projects, build client relationships, schedule appointments, and create workflows to automate the entire process. Dubsado is a business management platform built to save you time and grow your business. And to be honest, without Dubsado, I would not be able to run my business as efficiently. So if you would like to try it for free, Either go to Jacquelinehays.com backslash all the things and click Dubsado or go to dubsado.com and use code Hayes A J Y E S to try it for free. today's episode of the Live Abundantly podcast, we have Samantha Day with us. Samantha, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for letting me join you.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited um, and really thankful that you're here. So um, while we just jump right on in, I would love to know all the things about you, what you do, who you are, and anything else you want to share with us.
1: Of course. So my name is Samantha Day, and I am a mommy of two and a wife. And on the business side, I'm a behavior specialist and a sleep consultant. So I partner with families guiding them to what I call a rested and happy home, but essentially just showing how important sleep is, how that affects our life, how it affects our health, our behavior, all the things, and making sure that we're making it a priority.
0: I am Yeah, so excited to dig into that because we have so many moms on this podcast listening. And I know for me, we have reached out to you with our daughter when she went through uh, terrors and Samantha is the best. So when it comes to sleeping and having those rested nights, what does that mean to you?
1: So it really depends on the age of the child, but we want to have a goal of making sure that based on your child's current age, that they're getting the sleep that they need for their bodies to function at its optimal potential, right? Because we live in a day and age where, you know, we would, we we focus on feeding. We, our kiddos wake up in the middle of the night and we're like, oh my gosh, are they hungry? We need to feed them, which is so important. Absolutely but it's equally as important that our kiddos are getting that solid amount of sleep that they need as well. And so they, sometimes we kind of rank food over sleep and they, they're both equally as important. When our kiddos are born, they need, you know, they have segmented sleep. They need to eat multiple times throughout the night. That's how our bodies work. That's really important. But as our kids get older, we are looking towards more solidified, solid sleep. And some families are scared to reach that because we live in a day and age and social media, where we think the only way to do that is to let our kids cry it out, which is the farthest thing from the truth. So when I think of a rested night, I think about finding something that fits your family, making sure that you're guiding and teaching your kids in a way that fits your parenting style and a way that fits your child, because every kiddo is different. But ultimately, us all reaching the same goal of solid sleep overnight, for our families, and for our bodies, because we need it. We can actually go longer without food and water than we can without sleep, which is a crazy statistic. So we need, 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 need sleep for our bodies to function.
0: Okay, I actually agree with that because I feel like I do not do not do well when I do not sleep. Like
1: No, our bodies were designed that way. We absolutely need to. Yes, we need, need that sleep.
0: Love it. Okay, so tell us kind of, you know, starting out, what are we looking for? How many hours? And I know this varies, you know, family by family and all of the things, but on average, you know, we have moms here who you know just had babies, are expecting babies all the way up to like their teens. And so what is a really good, solid amount of sleep that we really should be aiming for ever?
1: So everything changes around four months old. So first let's talk about the newborn age and then we'll go four months and up. Sure. So for a newborn baby, segmented sleep, like I said, is completely normal. So we're just looking in a 24 hour period of time for a newborn through about three months old. How much sleep are we looking for? Usually between 15 and 18 hours, which sounds like a ton of sleep. But as we all know, as mamas, that's like, you know, three hours here and two hours there and so on. So that's what we're looking for up until that point. But when we hit four months old, a lot of people talk about the four-month sleep regression, which really is a a period where things start to change. And it looks like it's changing for the negative because our kids start sleeping a little bit worse sometimes around the four-month mark. Um, But it's actually changing for the better. It's preparing their bodies to be able to sleep those long periods of time. So their actual sleep cycles are developing. Their body is starting to produce melatonin, which we need to help us sleep more solidly. All those things are happening. So once we hit four months, we can guide our kiddos to reaching about 11 to 12 of hours of overnight sleep, which some parents are hearing that right now and going, what? That sounds crazy. (laughs) That's a lot of sleep. It is absolutely possible. There's some kids that are more 10 to 10 and a half hour overnight kids, but anything less than that is not enough. Usually if we're seeing less than 10 to 10 and a half hours of overnight sleep, we're at an overtired level, which is the reason we're only seeing 10 to 10 and a half hours or less. So we wanna go with a goal of 11 to 12 from four months all the way until about five years old. If they're getting less than that, there's something, there's some piece of the puzzle there that we can start to look at or adjust a little bit um, to start to get that solid sleep overnight. And then as they get older and older, it becomes less and less. So if we're going 11 to 12 hours up until about five years old, then, you know, six to maybe nine years old, we're looking for like nine to 11, somewhere in there. And it just keeps getting less where you and I as adults, we need probably about eight to nine hours um, overnight. For most people, there are some adults that get far less than that. But even then, we probably need to check it (laughs) because the average adult needs eight hours of sleep overnight.
0: Yeah, I am one of those average adults. I will absolutely (laughs) admit to that. So um, and when you know, you're talking about sleep, I I should have asked you this first, but how did you kind of get into this? And, you know, I know that you are so specific on your research and everything else. So What really made you get into this and how do you find your research?
1: Yeah. Okay, so I started out as a special education teacher in when I started working in general and I absolutely loved it, thought I'd do that for the rest of my life. Then I had my son, he's 7 now, and when he was first born he was not a good sleeper at all and I need my sleep. I'm, I, if I'm being honest, I am just not I don't function well without it. So, you know, any new mom is like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so tired, I'm so tired." But what I realize is, yes, I'm so tired, but he is too. And often, you know, we go on social media and we see hashtag tired as a mother and all the other hashtags that are out there that make it normal or it normalizes not getting sleep. So we think that that's how it's supposed to be. Well, I quickly realized that I was not functioning how I should. He was so overtired and cranky and could not sleep that something had to change. So at about five to six months old or so, I was like, we're gonna do this. I took my behavioral background, which is what I used for my special ed side. And I started kind of just teaching him and guiding him. Never did cry it out personally for my family, but guided him using some behavioral strategies um, and some science that I had researched on on the computer, which took forever because everything contradicts each other online. Right. And I took that information and I just kind of taught him how to sleep and it worked really well, but this was just for my family. So I thought, okay, great. He's sleeping. Great. Well, that turned into my friend going, what are you doing? How's this working? Can you help me? And so I would help her and she would tell her friends and she would tell her friends and it just kind of started snowballing. But I was a mom who enjoyed doing it and didn't really have the background. So I just prefaced it this way. Well, this is what I did with my kiddo. You could try it, you know? And then I decided, well, actually, my husband said, hey, you're really good at this and you love it. Could this be a thing? And I said, well, I'm not going to go, you know, start this if I don't have all the research. I need all the information so that I can help all the families because not everybody's going to be the same, right? So I did some research and I ended up finding a school to go back to and I went back to school online and um, got certified as a sleep consultant. So I have the behavioral degree, a bachelor's in behavior, and then the a certification in sleep. And I really started it thinking it was going to be a family here and a family there. And it was at first and then it grew because when you help a, a sleepless family start to sleep, they tell all their friends, right? So that blew up pretty quick, which I was very thankful for. My daughter came along. Um, she started sleeping really well. Using those methods, and so now it's been a couple thousand families that I've been able to work with. Um, everyone, you know, who's following ever, all the recommendations, sleeping pretty darn well at nighttime,
0: which is incredible. It's been—I mean, we met through Instagram, and I have literally loved following your journey too. It's been so fun to watch. Um, okay, so let's go back to kiddos, and you know, say they are you know, sleeping pretty well, you know, that 11 to 12 hours, and then something changes, you know, how do you kind of guide a family through that when, you know, all of a sudden, they're now up at 5am instead of 7am, or, you know, they're not falling asleep. Well, I know those are two different things, but (laughs) uh, kind of like guide us through that and some like practical things that we could take away and do immediately.
1: Yeah. Well, the biggest thing is the science of sleep. So there's a way and a reason that we sleep the way that we sleep. It has a lot to do with circadian rhythms and our cortisol and our melatonin and all the things, right? And it is kind of like a big puzzle. So when a family calls me and says, this is the issue that we're having, like you said, early morning rising, if they were sleeping till seven and now they're waking up at five, what is going on? So first we need to troubleshoot a little bit. And then they give me the information. I use the science background that I have and figure out, why is this happening? Why all of a sudden are we waking up two hours early? So if we continue with that example, maybe this kiddo isn't napping well during the day all of a sudden and they are overtired by the time bedtime comes. And then when they're going to sleep in an overtired level, that's causing an early morning wake up. Another reason for an early morning wake up could be if bedtime is simply too late. So we could have our kiddos going to bed at eight o'clock at night, which seems like a pretty good bedtime to me. And for some kids it is. For other kids, an eight o'clock bedtime is gonna lead to a five o'clock wake up Every single day, where I've had some families that simply move that eight o'clock bedtime to seven, and all of a sudden they're sleeping seven to seven. So sometimes it's the smallest little piece of the puzzle, but we need to kind of look at the science, look at their their personal family sleep puzzle, and figure out what piece is missing, and then get it in there and figure it out. And sometimes it can take a day. We just adjust one little thing. Their body takes over. We're good to go. We fixed it. Other times it can take a couple of weeks, especially with early morning rising, because that takes a little while to iron itself out, but it can take a couple of weeks for us to really get on the right path.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love that. I know for us, we had that and my daughter started like rising really early and we just changed it like 15 minutes. And to be honest, it was also through that terror night. And, you know, we, like I said earlier, we had reached out to Samantha because of that. And we, you know, she suggested moving her bedtime 15 minutes earlier, which to me sometimes is already crazy because my kids go to bed at seven. And so 6:45 was, I was like, are you sure? But we did it. And it worked. Like, so I I've, I've always, is there, You know, the science behind it, is it just overtired when, you know, you're recommending somebody take their bedtime from eight to seven or what is that?
1: Two things so number one it's overtired levels for sure when our kiddos are awake for too long of a period of time they start to overproduce cortisol which is a stress hormone and that kind of buildup of cortisol can be connected to a harder time getting that amount of sleep that we're looking for but the other thing is awake time which kind of goes hand in hand but if they if their naps aren't properly timed throughout the day and there's one section of the day that has way more time of being awake than another section especially for younger babies that can be a strong connection Um, and circadian rhythms so just the way that our bodies work the way that the sun rises and when the sun sets and all those things actually do affect our bodies and that can be connected as well
0: okay and then last question that I really want to ask about sleep specifically you had just mentioned it which walked me right into it but the sun rising are there Mm -hmm. any recommendations about what should be in a child's room
1: to make sure that
0: they really are sleeping well
1: Yes. So let me get to that in one second. But when you said about the sun rising, I have one very important thing to say. (laughs) So, so many people, which I, I did it too. And sometimes I even catch myself will refer to the sun as the time to wake up. So if our kids wake up in the middle of the night, we go, Nope, the sun's not out yet. It's still time for sleep or Hey, it's still dark outside. Go back to bed. Right. We refer to the sun or what it is outside in order to refer to sleeping or awake time. And I just kind of maybe recommend that we pull away from that a little bit because often, depending on where you live, the time changes. The sun coming up in the morning sometimes comes up when after you wake up in the morning and other times it comes up way before it's even time to wake up. So that changes. Um, But also we want something else to cue when it's actually time for sleep. So, you know, is it uh, for a toddler, an alarm clock that turns green when it's time to wake up or when the first number is seven for an older kid, you can come out, right? Something that really shows them. For a baby, maybe it's when you go in there and say, good morning, sunshine, and turn the light on. You know, there's, something that cues when it's actually time to wake up. But when we're talking about the environment in the room, yes, we definitely want when a baby is first born, we want there to just be a difference between sleeping and awake. So when it's time to sleep, it's time to sleep. When it's time to you know, be awake, it's time to be awake. The environment can be bright and light during sleep time when a, a newborn is born. Because for a newborn, they're not producing melatonin yet. So it's okay. They can reach the deep level of sleep that we're looking for in a sunny environment because sunlight actually has the power to suppress our production of melatonin. So a newborn can sleep in sun and they're fine because they're not producing that melatonin. But when we hit four months and up, when they start to produce melatonin, we really do want sleep sessions to happen in a dark environment when possible. Some people are listening who have kiddos in daycare and they're napping in a bright environment. That's okay. But if we can control the situation, napping in a dark environment and sleeping overnight in a dark environment, it's just going to allow them to produce more of that melatonin, reach a deeper level of sleep, we'll be good to go. Um, So darkening shades are my best friend. We definitely want to use those. And then a sound machine as well can be really helpful in the environment because it becomes an auditory cue that it's time for sleep, um, which just communicates, especially with our younger babies when it's time for sleep. And then when that auditory cue turns off, we can go ahead and, you know, cue wake up time and go about our day till the next session.
0: Love those. We absolutely use those. So I'm thankful that everything you're saying, we are trying to, you know, make sure that our kiddos do, which is super important. And if as a mom, if you're not doing these, I really hope these have been so helpful. So um, we are on the Live Abundantly podcast. So I would love to know how you feel like you get to live in abundance through this.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, So when I was a teacher, I felt like I was able to feed into other people's lives, right? And it was a purpose that fed me at the exact same time. And when I became a mom and a stay at home mom, I loved every second of it. And I had a great purpose to be at home with my kids. And I loved it. I didn't want to give it up. It was perfect. But there was a piece of me personally, that I felt was kind of missing in me. I just said that that ability to help other families outside my home, I miss, right? And so when this all started falling into place and I was able to connect with other families and then start to see how they benefited from that, and how relationships that you know were almost going towards the d- direction of divorce were now you know going in the opposite direction and starting to build together. And moms and toddlers were having connection and happiness during the day because they were rested instead of constant you know whining and meltdowns and all the things meltdowns from moms and from toddlers. We all know what that's like. And so, when I started seeing that, it allowed me to feel like I was living a bigger life and helping more people. Cause for me, that's just what feeds my soul. So I was able to be at home, be with my kids, but also help other people. And I feel like that helps other people, but it also helps me personally and me model to my children, how important it is to feed into other people's lives. So I would say that would be my answer to how I feel like I'm living abundantly.
0: Love that. I love that. And you are, you know, a prime example of serving others through what you're doing, which is really cool. So, all right, Samantha, tell us everywhere where we can find you.
1: Yes. So you can find me at samanthadayconsulting.com, which is my website and all the things are on there. I have a children's book, a boy version and a girl version that walks kids through um, healthy sleep habits, modeling healthy sleep habits. You can find that on there or on Amazon. It's sleepy Susie or sleepy Steve. I also have instructional video series so parents can just literally go on there right now and figure out exactly what they need to do to get to their sleep goals. Um, and I have a podcast as well called Happy Days, Rested Nights, where we talk Talk about sleep behavior and all things parenting.
0: And I will absolutely. We have both of your books. We love oh, yay. it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. My kids recite them by themselves. It's like Good. One of their favorite things to do. So. Oh my goodness! You're
1: gonna have to video that and send it to me because I can't wait to see it. Oh, and I forgot to mention the Instagram too. So Instagram yeah. is probably where I am most active. I'm on Facebook as well, but Instagram is a little bit more um, active every day. I'm on my stories, giving tips away in there.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And then a couple questions, more like rapid fire questions for you. Yeah. What is your favorite coffee?
1: Mm, if I could drink, so here's the thing I drink coffee maybe once a week. Okay. That's it. It's crazy. I'm not an everyday coffee drinker. If I had my choice though, I would have a vanilla latte at eight o'clock at night, every single night, because when I want coffee is at eight o'clock at night, because I just love that warmth of coffee, but I can't drink it. Cause then I won't sleep.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. Have you done so, tea
1: then? I don't like tea. I know okay. it's horrible. So I, if anybody has a suggestion for a nice warm drink, I could drink at eight o'clock at night. You let me know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. And then money doesn't matter. Where would you go on your next vacation?
1: Hawaii, 100%. I've always wanted to go. We said we'd do it at our five year, didn't happen at our 10 year, we'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And then what is your favorite date night with your husband?
1: Mm, You know what? We love to do active things. So we go ziplining or go, you know, golfing or go do something like that. But I would say we do ziplining often. So I, that probably that.
0: Love it. All right. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Live Abundantly podcast with Jacqueline Hayes. I hope that you guys take a second to subscribe and leave a review. It would mean the world to me. And thanks again for tuning in.